Hello and welcome to another edition of the Property Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Gordon Doan, and today we're going to be talking about telling people about what you do. But before I jump into that, I want to start with an apology and a confession. My confession is I absolutely hate public speaking. I know it's one of the biggest fears um, in the world. Um, A lot of people list that as their number one fear. It comes well above spiders and uh, small spaces. Um, So I absolutely hate public speaking. I once, uh, about five years ago, I arranged a, a charity ball with a couple of friends that I worked with at the time. And um, it was for a, for a local charity, um, but it was the biggest event that I'd, I'd put on to date. And there was about 500 or so people in attendance. Uh, one of the parts of it, I had to stand up on stage and do a little intro to uh, the charity uh, while a video played in the background uh, after I'd introduced it. So I, I went up onto the stage. I was in my dinner jacket, looking all smart. I was ready to go, feeling good. Got up onto stage, onto the stage, stood in front of the 500 people. The words I said went absolutely out of my head. Forgot everything that I was supposed to say. But luckily, I I kind of expected that. So I had uh, some cue notes in my pocket. So I I pulled out the cue notes and I read through them as calmly as I could, looking out to the audience, making sure not to look down too much at the notes, reading out to the audience. After the after the couple of minutes that I was speaking the video started to play in the background. So what I saw was one of my friends who was doing the photography for us come running down the middle of the venue straight up to the bottom of the stage. So I came up thinking there was a problem. I came jogging to the front of the stage, bent down, knelt down to see it because the stage was higher than the the rest of the floor. Um, So I was looking down, uh, knelt down to, so I was head height with him so I could speak to him. And he said to me, the worst thing anybody could have ever said to me at that point. He said, nobody heard a bloody word you said. You spoke way too fast. Nobody could hear a thing. I was like, I turned bright red. I could feel my cheeks flush. And I was like, oh, my days. What am I going to do? I'm going to have to redo it. Um, and he said to me, don't worry about it. Repeat it. All you need to do is focus on me. I said, what do you mean focus on you? He said, just speak to me. Don't worry about everybody else. Just speak to me. He then wandered off and started taking photos of everybody else at the event. So I went back up. I was even more nervous than I had been. I waited for the end of the video and then I started from scratch again. I just repeated exactly the same. I didn't give any explanation. I just started again on the basis that nobody had heard what I'd said the first time. So it was all new to them the second time. So I did it again. I was watching my friend, the photographer, the whole time. So instead of looking around at the audience, I just kept my eyes on him as if we were having a personal one-on-one conversation. Um, I finished my bit, came off. Everybody gave an applause. I came off and that was fine. So I quickly found my friend and said, how was that? He goes, oh, that was absolutely perfect. Everybody could tell what you said. And I had a couple of people then come up to me and said, oh, that was really good. I think there was some microphone problems with it the first time. Uh, not, not, not that they knew that I was just so nervous that I just gabbled it all out, but, um, but it was much better the second time. So, so what I'm trying to say is I absolutely hate public speaking. I'm no good at it. And I'm trying to get rid of the ums and the ahs and everything that I'm seeing as I'm talking. Now, I know that I get a lot of ums as I, 
pause uh, and stuff and I just did it again. I'm trying to be more conscious of it. So bear with me. I'll try and improve that over the next few weeks as we're going through the podcasts. I want to try and recognize when I'm doing that and pull it back. I've tried doing a segment of the podcast and re-recording it and re-recording it until I get rid of all the ums and the ahs, but it's taken hours and hours to do that. So I'm trying to stick with it so it's a natural flow. I'm recording this all in one go so that we don't get any pauses and it reduces the editing, but you just may get some ums and ahs in there. So I'm trying to trying to get those out if I can. So it's part of my improvement plan to try and get that nailed. So that being said... I've got a couple of stories that I want to talk to today, and those are about other mistakes I've made over the last couple of weeks. The first story is about my first property viewing. Now, there were a couple of mistakes I made when doing this viewing. The first one was uh, this property I had found. Uh, I'd seen it online. It was perfect for a buy-to-let strategy. So it was in a really good area. I knew that it was a really popular area and there would be no problem for the rental demand uh, for that area or that property. So I had it in my head, that's perfect. It's going to work. The numbers all stacked up. I did some really good analysis on it. Uh, it all looked perfect on paper. Now, the main thing about this Buy-to-let is not my key strategy. So I do want to do a small amount of buy-to-let, but that's not my key strategy or my focus. So I, ha- I didn't really think about it at the moment because I was just I was just excited to have the opportunity to go and do my first viewing on a property where the numbers stacked up. But in hindsight, I should have ignored it from that perspective because it wasn't part of my, like I say, my core strategy at the time or now. So I don't, it shouldn't have been happening. Um, what it would have probably been right for is uh, a deal package because I found it. So I could have looked at um, contacting some of the deal packages I now know and doing something with it that way instead of trying to progress it as a buy to let myself. So that was the first mistake I made was not sticking to my key strategy or my key goal. The second one was just completely out of the blue. So I found this property online, like I said, did the analysis, everything fine. So I I rang up the agent, booked a viewing in, and turned up at the house a couple of minutes early, ready to go. Um, I got completely thrown off my marks uh, as soon as the door opened because it wasn't the agent that was showing us around the house. It was the person who owned the property. And the person who owned the property was somebody I'd worked with about three or four years ago. So I knew them quite well. We'd become quite friendly while we worked together. Um, I'd not seen them for a couple of years. Um, so I wasn't uh, sure what what they were doing at the moment or anything like that, but it just completely threw me. And then the first thing that went through my head was, oh, no, I can't do this. It's um, it's just not right. So I started talking to the person, kind of had a personal catch-up conversation, which was completely fine. I was fine with that bit. That was all good. And then she said to me, oh, so you're looking to buy a new house? Are you looking to move into Cheltenham? Because I know you live out of uh, out of the area. And I was, and I just said, yes. I just said the first thing that came into my mind. Yes, yes, I am. I'm looking to move here and I'm looking for a slightly uh, bigger place um, just, to get, just to get me from where I am. And I don't know why I said it. But it was just the first thing that came into my mouth. Had I had thought about it and put some effort into it, up front, I could have been prepared for that situation. I could have just explained to her 
that I'm now doing property investment. It's not actually for me, it's for investment. So it's going to have tenants moving into it. I was looking to do it as a buy to let. I could have gone through all that, but I was just so nervous about it. And I didn't really see it as a, a real thing on top of my day job. Um, I was nervous about ad- admitting to doing that as if there was something wrong with it, which of course there's not. So now I make sure that I've got everybody who knows me knows what I'm doing. So I talk to people quite openly about it now, um, which has got me a lot further. So you'd be amazed at the amount of conversations I've had with people where they say, oh, so you're you're interested in that? Actually, I've got a friend who's just about to sell the house. Would you have a look at it? Or or I've just sold the house. Um, would, Would you be interested in looking at the numbers? And actually... Those kinds of things are really useful because it gives you live examples from the areas that you're working in. So telling more people about what you do brings you more and more opportunities. So the the key there is just tell absolutely everybody. If people ask you, oh, what do you do? If you're on a plane going on holiday and somebody next to you asks you you what you do, oh, I, I do property investment. I'm a property entrepreneur. Give them a little bit of detail about what you do. Don't be nervous. Don't be worried about it uh, like I was because I kind of really nosed up that first viewing and um, where it could have gone a lot better if I'd have just kind of just thought about it and been prepared for it. So that that's a, a real key thing that's going to help, help out in the future. And hopefully it'll help you guys too if you've got your mindset right about that. So don't think that you're doing something wrong. Don't think that, don't be nervous about it just because you're new to it. Don't think that I can't claim that I'm a property entrepreneur if I, if I'm only just new to this. We everybody's new to it. I'm still new to it. Um, but you've got to own that. And because if you don't own it, you'll never become it. So get in there. Don't, I'm not saying lie. Absolutely don't lie about it. Don't start saying, Oh, I've got 10 or 15 properties here, there and everywhere. Just be completely truthful about it and say, oh, I'm just getting into property investment. I'm looking to do this. My strategy is X, Y, and Z. So if, you, if your strategy is buy to let, or if your strategy is HMOs or deal packaging, whatever that might be, go into that and give a little bit of detail about that um, to, to give the person the most information you can. Because you never know, you may be able to help them in the future. They might have a problem, a property-related problem, and you may be able to help them. So how fantastic would it be? If they came to you in the future and say, oh, we had this conversation a couple of months back uh, about property. Is there something you can do to help me with this? I'm just looking at property investment myself. Could you help me get get me started? And just create a win-win situation where you provide as much value as possible to the other person as well. So, so you can really help out with that. I think that's going to be real positive situations to be in. And again... Get to as many networking events as you can. Um, I've started going to uh, quite a few networking events. Uh, you'd meet different people. It gives you the opportunities to meet other property entrepreneurs, other people who have been doing it longer, longer than you have. That is invaluable because you get to ask them questions. And most people are really helpful when you're starting out. I've certainly not come across anybody who's not willing to help if I've got a question. Um the progressive property community um, from the courses. If you go on any of the courses there that I recommend, uh, I, th- I thoroughly recommend them actually. Um, you can find some details about those on the website, um, but the community around that is is phenomenal. So there's always somebody in one of those rooms that is doing what you're trying to do and can offer you some help. And the same with networking events, get to as many networking events as you can. Make sure you take some business cards to hand out. Make sure you've got kind of an, um, an elevator pitch ready to go because you need to be able to give a very brief synopsis, a very brief overview of what you do. 
so that people can understand how they can help you and, and what you need. Um, but make sure that once you start getting into it, and I th- this is something that I'm going to keep in mind and I'm trying to do is make sure you offer value back. So don't always take, 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 give back as well. So for example, I've talked to a couple of people uh, at networking events and, and they've kind of given me some advice and stuff. And then I've asked them about their stuff and they said, oh, I'm, I'm having a struggle with, there was, a, there was a chap I was talking to, I was struggling with um, website design. And actually, I, I managed, I'm quite good at website design. So I just said, oh, send over and I can give you a hand with that. That's not a problem. It'll take me two, two or three minutes to do what, to do what you're trying to do there. And um, we were able, I was able to help him out sort that out for him and he was like oh brilliant thank you so much that would have taken me ages to do so make sure you try and give some value whether it's that or anything else you know you might be able to help with um, marketing or maybe you're a financial advisor so you can help recommend some financial products or or something everybody's got something they can offer so so just have a think about what you can give back to those communities as well because that's that's really important before i jump on to the second story that i wanted to talk about today um, I've got the competition uh, for this week uh, for this week's podcast and what the prizes are this week are a few books so I've got three books to give away here the first one is Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki now this is a phenomenal book so I read this about uh, six seven eight months ago something like that fairly recently um, and it changed the way I think about money it's um, completely revolutionary. It's only a small book that I've got here, the copy of it. It's, um, I don't know, it's less, it's more than an A5 page and 300 odd pages in there. It's a fairly quick read. And once you get into it, you kind of, I, I find that I wanted to keep reading the next bit and the next bit. The biggest thing that I took away from that is actually the difference between assets and liabilities. Uh, and, and that actually has quite a lot to do with property as well. So, everybody's main assumption is that a house is an asset. The house that you live in is your biggest asset. I know that's certainly how I was brought up and I was taught that at school and all the teachers and my parents always kind of drilled into me that your home is your biggest asset. Um, So uh, pay your mortgage off and use it. But actually, uh, Robert Kiyosaki in his book there teaches, teaches something different. Is that actually an asset is something that makes money and your house is just an out. It just ever has out. It only ever has outgoings. If it's the house you live in, it just has outgoings. It just never makes money. Um, the only money it can make is the capital growth, which is uh, which can be small. You can be lucky and get a larger capital growth at it. But while you've got it, you've just got outgoings, bills, repairs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So actually, it doesn't make sense to think of it as an asset. Now, you can turn it into an asset in a number of ways. You can do something with it property investment-wise, whether it's renting it out, turning it into HMO or whatever that might be. Or you can pull the money back out of it, remortgage it, etc., and put that money into investments. So you're actually leveraging the money from the house to create more money. Um, so that that was quite an interesting read, and that, that really gave me a different viewpoint to money management and um, the typical teachings on finance that's rich dad poor dad by robert kiyosaki so we've got a copy of that to give away the next one is uh, a property related one this is the 44 most closely guarded property secrets from uh, by rob moore and mark homer who are the owners and uh, founders of progressive property um, this is a fantastic book 
So that's um, all about property investment. It covers a whole host of things from finding gold mine areas to which properties work best where and the best way to finance property, um, the different types of finances you can get in there, how to market yourself. That so it's got all kinds of different secrets in there. So that's that's a really been a u- really useful book for me so far. So and will continue to be because I keep flicking through that and I'm, I'm almost using it as a bit of a tick list as I go along. So um, that's added some real value to me. So hopefully you guys can find some value in that as well. So that's the 44 most closely guarded property secrets by Rob Moore and Mark Homer. And then the third one I've got here is Progressive in Property from Beginners to Winners. And that's by Robin Shaw. So this is another one of the Progressive Property books. Um, and this is where they've interviewed 20 of the best students from Progressive Property courses and how they've kind of operated and got on with it. So they've asked um, a lot of questions to different people, um, which gives a different perspective. It gives quite a few different perspectives on the property strategy. So it shows that it, it can really be done and there's multiple different ways to do it. So this is quite a good book for getting started and, and opening the ideas of, of what can actually be done. So that's quite, that's, I find that really useful. So what I've got, I've got one copy of each of those books and I've actually got a bundle of all of those books to give away. So there's there's four prizes in total there. So there's the bundle of all three and then there's one copy of each as well to give away. So um, to enter the competition, all you need to do is head over to the website, um, click on the subscribe button, uh, the subscribe tab at the top of the website there. Um, click on that, fill in your details and that'll fill in your email and your name, etc., That'll get you into the competition. And again, that'll get you into the any future competitions that we have as well. So um, yeah, get on get on over there if you fancy winning those books, because some of those uh, they're, well, they're all really good reads and I found them found them really positive so far. So back into it. So my second story is about my first trip into an actual estate agent. So there's gonna be a theme here with the story from earlier on. So the First time I went into a state agent. So I had a, um, I don't know, again, a diff- this is a completely different property. Uh, I'd done some research. I'd looked online. I'd uh, run the numbers and everything was looking good. So I thought, right, I'll go in because uh, I was in, ta- in town centre anyway. I'll pop into the estate agents and book a viewing in. So nice and simple, straightforward, theoretically. So I popped in. This is the first time I'd been into an estate agent um, to, to, to do property investment type activities. Um, I've been, like I say, in the first episode, I've only ever owned one property, so I'd only been in estate agents a couple of times. They're not really scary places, so um, everybody's normally friendly. Estate agents are generally friendly folks. I've never come across a scary one, but um, for some reason, once I crossed the threshold, I got quite nervous. Um, I I went up to the first person in there, which was fine. I I spoke to her and said, oh, I'm interested in booking a, a viewing. Um, can, can you help me out? And they said, yeah, of course, no problems. Let us sort it out. So I thought that that, that was it. We'd kind of sit down, book a time, and uh, uh, crack on, I'd leave, and then we'd meet again to, to do the viewing. However, they wanted to sit down and go through kind of a set form that they had um, at the estate agent. So um, I've realized now that several different, well, every estate agent has their own process. Most of them have kind of an online form that they have to fill in. So it's kind of got details about you in it, your name, your address, contact details, that kind of stuff, all basic stuff. Um, and then the question came, um, is the property for you? 
And I just said yes. Again, the first thing that just came into my head, because I wasn't really prepared for it. I wasn't aware that they were going to ask me that. I, I hadn't really thought about it. So I just said yes for me. And they were saying, oh, brilliant. So then they were asking me about my situation. And I was like, oh, no, because now I'm getting myself deeper and deeper here. And they were talking about, oh, how, how I find the area, how I like the area, which is all good stuff. Because I knew I know the area well anyway. I've, I've worked there for years. So I, I could speak about that. That was no problems. But I'm just thinking, this is just getting me further and further away from where I want to be. It's getting me further away from my goal. It's getting me further away from my objective. Because now um, we're completely down the wrong path. She thinks it's for me. I know it's not for me, it's for it's for investment, so it's for somebody else. I'm looking to put tenants into that property. Um so I so I just got really nervous and just kind of nosed that up as well. So I finished the conversation and left and I kind of rang up my uh, mentor who who who's uh who's helping me out with this and he said, Oh, um what you should have done is go to uh an estate agent's out of town to have a few practice goes because everybody gets nervous. Um, in his experience, uh, everybody goes in and, and, and gnaws us up the first couple of attempts. And after a couple more practice trips, I was completely fine. So I did that. I went to an area that I was never going to look into investing in, uh, just slightly further away from where I live. Try, try, drove about an hour, just went into a couple of different estate agents, actually looked at the property so I could get some property details to take back and run the numbers on to, to, to get used to doing that. So that was quite useful in itself, going and talking about the properties. I actually, by doing this, I actually found a property that I thought was right for deal packaging and I sent to a friend to have a look at. Um, so, I, so I actually got something out of it and uh, hopefully I think they, did, they went and did a viewing on it. So I don't know whether they got it or not, but it somebody benefited from it. So the estate agents got something out of it because I actually found a property that I thought, oh, that, that really works well. The numbers add up on it. So I gave that to a friend that I knew was working in that area. So um, I was able to help them out. Like I said, I don't know whether they got it or not in the end, but but it was something that came out of it. So the benefit of just doing your practice, making sure that you know uh, that you're confident with yourself and your and what you're trying to do. It's I cannot underestimate the value of knowing how how you're going to approach these situations and just thinking it through before you go into it. Um, because it, it can just get, like I say, get you further away from where you're trying to go because I then had to go and do the viewing. And again, it wasn't a viewing where the agent turned up. It was um, uh, by the person who, who owned the house. So we went and did the viewing, which was all fine. And um, and then it turned out that after viewing it, the numbers didn't quite stack up. The pictures weren't quite as good as, wasn't quite as good as it looked as in the pictures. So it would have needed more refurbishment, which took the, profit margin out of it or a lot lower anyway so um, it didn't work out on numbers but had it have worked out on numbers i'd have had to go back to the estate agents had a different conversation because uh, i would have had to put all that right now i was lucky enough where i was able to leave it for a couple of weeks and i'm sure they will have forgotten who i was and forgotten hopefully i'm not (laughs) hopefully on that occasion anyway that i wasn't that memorable um from how bumbling i was so Hopefully, not too much damage has been done there, but I learned the, the like, like I said, I learned the value there of being prepared, knowing what you're doing, and being comfortable with what you're doing. So now, when I go into places, even places that I've not been in before, I can go in and confidently say, "This is what I'm trying to do. This is my strategy," and have a conversation about that. And I'm getting used to the, 
the estate agents uh, asking me questions back in return and being able to answer those and kind of knowing what they're going to ask now. So that's a really useful practice element. And maybe it's worthwhile doing some role plays with a friend if you've got a friend going on the same property entrepreneur journey as you are or at the same level on, on your journey as you are. Do a little bit of role play, get one of you play the estate agent, one of you play the um, the investor and go through just a little conversation based on asking them for details and booking in a viewing, that kind of thing. And again, there's no harm why you couldn't do role play on the actual viewing itself as well. It doesn't matter whether you role play as the estate agent or the, the vendor of the house, do a role play just to help you out so that once you get on site and you're situated, if, especially if it's your first couple of times, that's definitely going to help out as well. So in summary of everything that I've spoken about there, I think the key things are just tell everybody what you do. You'd never know what opportunities can come out of that. So the, the more people you tell and the more clear you are with people, the better. Have an elevator pitch ready so that you can talk easily about and confidently about what you do and what your key strategies are. Um, if, if, you're, if you're planning to do HMOs, have a real good image in your head of what that strategy looks like for you what you're trying to achieve what your outcomes are so you can talk those through and it doesn't need to be a really long-winded thing just a really short concise pitch about what that is that's all that needs to be um, so it's all about being prepared and being ready to go at a moment's notice so hopefully that's helped you out thanks for listening to that i hope you found that helpful and if it would be great if you need any help with that or anything, just pop on to the Facebook page, as mentioned earlier. Get on there. That's the Property Entrepreneur Podcast Facebook page. Put any comments you've got on there. If you've had any mishaps on your first viewings or anything, we'd love to hear about that so we can all share the experience and everybody can improve together. If you've got stuck with anything or any questions about the role plays or anything, feel free to drop them on there and we'll help out if we can. Don't forget to head over to the website and enter the competition for those great books that we've got. And now stop listening to me and go and get your uh, elevator pitches sorted and get ready to go. See you next week.